it's 2021. You know what that means. This is It Was a Thing on TV. Spoiler number one is Dr. Lee Franz. It stinks. What is going on? <laughs> what is going on? Episode 124, submission number 15, The Ropers. The Ropers aired on ABC from March 13th, 1979 to May 22nd, 1980 for a total of 28 episodes over two seasons. Well, this is the first show of 2021, and boy, we're starting the year off with a bang, literally, of our first new episode. Oh, but yes. In the annals of sitcom spinoffs, there have been few TV shows to earn the amount of infamy that has been earned by The Ropers. I could think of Joey and the Cleveland Show maybe in a solid second and third. But those are entries for another day. I'm curious why this, you say the Cleveland show when it had a good four-year run, or is it just a case of the wrong character got the spinoff? You are correct, sir. Yeah. Well, we do have the Die Hard episode of the Cleveland show on the list. So, yeah. And you can never go wrong with the Frap Attack episode of you the Cleveland show. You can never go wrong with the Frap Attack. And, and also, there were episodes where there were Fighting social commentary. Yeah. But again, we're getting off track here. Or, or, I got frap in my stash. Oh, I'm sorry. Or, or the episode where <laughs> Cleveland and his friends went on a nature retreat sponsored by nature boy Ric Flair. Woo! Woo! But we'll get to that when we do Ric Flair commercials in the summer. But right now, let's talk about... Okay, follow me here. It's a spinoff of a TV show that's based on a British TV show that is itself based off of a British TV show that was a spinoff of the original British TV show. Man, I think you might need to diagram that sentence for me. <laughs> okay. So, um as you know, as you know, Man of the House begat Three's Company. In the UK, Man of the House spun off its characters of George and Mildred into the TV series George and Mildred. Of course, George and Mildred Roper. Those crazy 
Brits are calling it. Okay, now that makes sense. Now, now, now it makes sense? Okay. So ABC, already writing off the high of the success of Three's Company after one or two, two seasons? One season? It was about uh, like a season and a half. It was a season and a half. And they wanted to sort of expand upon it. So what better way to expand upon it than to adapt the, the spinoff into another spinoff? Miles will cash in on the, the popularity. Mm-hmm. So they spun off George and Mildred into the Ropers. With, of course, Norman Fell and Audra Lindley reprising their characters as Stanley and Helen Roper. Now, if you remember the story, Stanley and Helen had sold their apartment to Mr. Furley... And this was all in an, a season three episode of of uh, Three's Company, and decided to move to a place called Cheviot Hills, which is a well-to-do neighborhood in Los Angeles on the West Side. West which Side, I which I didn't even know the West Side could be well-to-do, but anyway, well, it was nineteen seventy-nine. Okay. I thought the west side of Los Angeles was the Pacific Ocean. <laughs> Prove me wrong. <laughs> okay, so so here we have Stanley and Helen now at Cheviot Hills, but they're a little bit out of they're a little bit out of sorts, and therein lies the comedy. Know what I mean? Therein lies oh, yeah. the comedy. Oh, yeah. Because what you have here is uh, Stanley and Helen, who are way outclassed by their neighbors, two of which are played by Jeffrey Tambor and Patricia McCormick. Jeffrey Tambor plays Jeffrey P. Brooks III, who is this haughty, well-to-do, nose-in-the-air, I'm-looking-down-on-you-out-of-comedy realtor who just happens to live next door to the Ropers. And uh, his wife, who I'm reasonably certain could do a whole lot better than Jeffrey, I mean, come on, is played by Patricia McCormick. She's one Ann Brooks, who is the uh, homemaker, the wife of Jeffrey, and and about as long-suffering with Jeffrey as Helen was with Stanley. And apparently, if you watch the opening credits, she apparently plays tennis a lot. Yeah. Well, as hoity-toity to-do people would, would be back in the, the 70s. Hoity-toity country clubbish sort of people? Yes. With their noses held up and a little snobbery in their voice, looking down at the lower class. And then you have David Brooks, the seven-year-old son of the Brooks family, played by Evan Cohen, who is just this precocious little tyke who likes to likes to hang out with Helen and likes to antagonize Stanley. And precocious is the exact same word I would have chosen. Well, well, what 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 else are you going to think of when you think of 
a seven-year-old boy with uh, hoity-toity parents and neighbors who are they're, they're equal parts beneath them and friendly. Yeah, precocious would be the word I'd use. But lest you think it's all about these two families, there are additional characters on this on this show. We have Ethel Ann Brewster, Helen's snobby older sister, played by Dina Dietrich, who is best known as... Tell me if this sounds familiar. If it tastes like butter, but it's not, it's Chiffon. Oh, yeah. She played... She played Mother Nature in that commercial. It's not nice to fool Mother Nature. Yeah, and we should also note that she just passed away within the last about month and a half. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, she passed away November 21st. Yep. Of 2020, obviously, because we're in a new year, so we need to, to actually state what year uh, we're talking about. If we're that, talking would, about that would be, yeah, that would help. And we have her husband... Hubert M. Brewster, who is who is uh, Helen's brother-in-law, played by Rod Colbin, who is well, his his claim to fame was being Catherine Hepburn's personal masseuse. Ooh! Oh, I thought you were yeah. going. Ooh! I thought you were going to go high there. No. No. But I'll tell you something else. He was also in a few other series. Man Against Crime, Sanford and Son, he was in Grady, Marcus Welby, Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman. And, uh, oh! He was actually in an episode of Future Installment, The Edge of Night. Oh. So there's something to look forward to. And then you have Debbie Hopper, who is a girl that Stanley sees at the hot tub in the neighborhood. And Mike, you're gonna like this. She oh, is I playing... know who it is. Just say it. Lois Arino, aka Lois Hamilton. Uh, aka one of the card sharks dealers. Oh, the original card shark. Yeah, yeah. Lois Arreno uh, or Lois um, Hamilton was a dealer on card sharks back in the seventies, and also she made a couple of appearances on perennial favorite around these parts, the Match Game Hollywood Squares Hour. And of course, very lovely lady, unfortunately died quite young. And then you have Stanley's best friend and one of Helen's enemies. (laughs) Joey, played by Richard B. Scholl, who is uh, a bit of a character actor. He's known for playing some sort of uh, theater credits, mostly, but his screen credits include Clute, Splash, Unfaithfully Yours, Garbo Talks, and Howard Stern's Private Parts. He was also in Holmes and Yo-Yo, future installment there. Yeah, darn it right, future installment there. And we also have Helen and Ethel's mother, played by Lucille Benson, who is known mostly for uh, sort of a Broadway, Broadway in the 1930s. And she did have a big commercial break in Bosom Buddies. 
and was also on WUSA. And then you had another uh, sort of sibling in Helen's family, yet another sibling. She was introduced in season two. Hilda, played by Lucy Lee Flippin, who was known more for Bob Newhart's show, Edge of Night, Little House of the Prairie, Flow, Amazing Stories. Oh, Flow's got to be on the list. But if you are a fan of Small Wonders, she is Mrs. Jennings, the uh, hoity-toity, snotty, snot-nosed social worker who likes to drop by, often unannounced, on the Lawsons. We'll cover that when we cover season one of Small Wonder. And uh, also making their debut is Jenny Bollinger, played by Louise Valance, who uh, nowadays is known more as a uh, voiceover actress. If you've ever watched Reboot, she plays the character of Mouse. And if you've ever seen Zoobly Zoo, she's What's That Kangaroo? But yeah, nowadays she's a Canada-based voice actor. Wow, she just she's done she's done a lot of voice work. She's it's you know if I were to name all of those uh, notable characters, we'd be here all night. But back to her character here on the Ropers. Jenny is a young woman who's been living in the Ropers storeroom, which I didn't even know the Ropers could have. But then again, when you sell the apartment and you get a you, you get that crazy Ralph Furley money. Am I right? Well, yeah. If the if the Ropers were still supers when they moved to the the, the new place, there surely would be a storage room. You got to keep your cleaning supplies and chemicals and all that someplace. Am I Stan- wrong? Stanley needs a place to keep his plunger. Yeah, he can't be holding it throughout all this show and be on the credits. Okay. Now I now you remember when I said that this was sort of, this was a. Uh, a spinoff of a British-based sitcom that was itself a British-based sitcom spun off from, from that same British-based sitcom. You will never guess whose idea it was to spin off Three's Company. Actually, you probably will, because... Uh, hold on. Let me guess. Go ahead. This is, does his name rhyme with Dreg Milverman? Yeah. Yeah, it does. <laughs> so, uh, Silverman approached... Norman Fell and Audra Lindsley with the idea of doing a spinoff after the uh, first full season. But they wanted to wait for the next season to see if the show could actually prove itself. It did. But this time, the producers themselves, Nichols, Ross, and West, brought up the, the idea of spinning off Three's Company into the Ropers as well as uh, new ABC head Tony Tomopoulos. Because by that time, Brad Silverman has gone to NBC, and um, yeah, we covered all this in a previous episode. Now, Audra Lindsay, now in a case, in one of the weirdest cases of life imitating art, Audra Lindley was all for it. She was all for, you know, getting on board with the spinoff. Norman Fell, on the other hand, it took a little bit of doing to bring him in. I mean, Norman Fell, he he, he was reluctant. He liked his role on Three's Company. He, I don't think he thought he could carry a show by himself. 
he think he, he thought the show would be unsuccessful and put him out of his job. But then Three's Company, the producers of Three's Company, Nichols, Ross, and West, they promised, they contractually promised Bell they would give the Ropers a year, one year to prove itself. And if the show was canceled before that, then, th- then those two, Audra Lindley and Norman Bell, would be able to come back to Three's Company. Okay, question. Yes. One, one year or one season? I'm guessing it was one year. because of Now, it did last okay. two seasons, but like one calendar year, which is, which is weird because, again, this show started in March. Its season would have had to have been done in June at the latest. Yeah, and the reason I ask is because originally the first season was six episodes, and that's all they were given for starters. Mm-hmm. So that, that's why I'm wondering if it's one season uh, instead of uh, versus one year, if they could have potentially been given only six episodes. But, but also, Three's Company was on such a high, I don't think it's any surprise that it got a second season. The ratings oh, yeah. weren't actually bad for starters. No, even when Three's Company had gone on hiatus for some reason, and the Ropers didn't have that Three's Company lead in. I, I believe the Ropers followed Three's Company in the listing, and it still did well at the time. And over the summer, they, ran, they re-ran episodes on Sundays, and the reruns did well for summer episodes. It's like everything... That could happen, you know. Everything that everything that could happen to bolster the show's success did bolster the show's success, and the Ropers were riding off a really good high. And then somebody had an idea. Well, what idea was that? Let's put the Ropers on Saturdays. No. So they put the Ropers on Saturdays. And guess what happened? It tanked. It tanked! Oh my god. Uh, it went It went from, like, in the top ten with Three's Company to 50, in the second week of the second season, it was in 52nd place. And you know what? It wasn't just that it was on Saturdays. It was on Saturdays opposite Chips. Yeah, that's the reason. Yeah, that'll kill it. Uh, I do want to actually add one thing to, uh, or give you a slight correction, Chico. What's that? The Ropers did not f- immediately follow Three's Company. Oh, my mistake. The, 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 uh, Three's Company aired at 9 o'clock Eastern, and the Ropers were on at 10 o'clock Eastern. Oh. At, at 9.30 was a little show called Taxi. Oh. Plus, if you look at the uh, 8 to 9 o'clock hour, that was Happy Days in Laverne and Shirley. So you had like ABC's powerhouse comedies that night. Happy Days, Laverne and Shirley, Three's Company, Taxi, The Ropers, and then, oh, I'm sure this is an entry, and if it's not, well, I'm sure we have a good reason to do it. 10.30 on Fridays was 13 Queens Boulevard, at least uh, taking a look at April 17th of 1979, okay. uh, which would have been about a month into yeah. uh, the show yeah and what and one thing i want to note ta- you mentioned taxi taxi was also in its first season in 78 79 
So it was probably given that same deal by Fred Silverman. We're going to give you a year to prove yourself. Oh, and yeah, taxi. Yeah, that didn't that didn't go anywhere, did it? Well, it lasted five years. Yeah. It, it had a good run. It, it, had a, it had a decent run. It was, on, think, it was on two networks for crying out Yeah, tears. I think it's the one of the few shows that won the the Emmy every year it was on. Oh, yeah. Okay. It might be the only show that's won, won an Emmy every year it was on. Yeah, uh, I'm guessing uh, Frasier and or Schitt's Creek did not have such an honor. No. No, oh. Schitt's Creek only hit the jackpot this past year. Oh, it's final season. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure there was like one year where Frasier lost Best Comedy to Seinfeld. They put it on Saturday opposite a little show called Chips and nobody watched it. It got so bad that Norman Bell himself went to ABC and begged them to move to time slots. I don't know if they did or they didn't, but oh, well, actually they did move the show back to Thursdays at 9.30 after Barney Miller, but by then it was basically uh, too little too late. Even though the three episodes that aired after Barney Miller were some of the highest rated in season two. I mean, the show itself finished 25 out of 61 shows in prime time, but so did Soap, and uh, ABC really was committed more to Soap than it was to the Ropers, and they they ended up canceling the show. But they didn't cancel the characters. The Ropers made one more appearance on Three's Company. Yeah, that would be March of 81. An interesting thing, uh, we were talking, Mike, you and me, about whether they meant one year or one season. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking at Truth by Consensus Wikipedia, and it looks like they had one season, because I got this. Check this out. The cancellation of the Ropers came just one month after the one-year contractual deadline had passed. Bell would later state that he always believed the decision to pull the plug on the show had been made much earlier, but that the network deliberately postponed making the cancellation official until after the one-year mark, specifically to be relieved of the obligation to allow Bell and Lindsley to return to Three's company. There was an attempt by producers to sell the show to Silverman over at NBC. Silverman, however, passed on it, too. <laughs> I'm sorry. Given how bad NBC was at the time, I, I have to laugh at that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, for all we know, Fred Silverman may have done them a favor. Hey, Fred Silverman probably was like, no, no thanks. I got this great show with McLean Stevenson called Hello, Larry. I'm sure we don't need this at all. Yeah. This what we this was not the end. And we actually did research on this before the show and uh I don't know if it was Mike or Greg that brought this up but remember when NBC was doing prime time at 7:30? Yeah, prime time starts at 7:30. We're reading this blurb directly here that 1986 DL Tapner who was the distributor at the time of both the Ropers and Three's Company, they revealed their plans for a spinoff of the Ropers called Three Apartments, which would star Bell and Lindley as landlords of a three-unit apartment building. And the show was either offered as a two-year, 44-episode package in syndication, or as a one-season, 52-episode package with the uh, primetime starts at 7.30 deal. 
Guest stars would include John Ritter, Joyce DeWitt, Richard Klein, and Don Knotts from Three's Company, Robert Mandan from Three's Crowd, and Jim J. Bullock and Nancy Dussault from Too Close for Comfort. Okay, hold on a second. If you remember when we did Primetime Starts at 7.30, uh-huh. didn't they have a very low budget on their shows? Uh, I think it was to the extent of maybe $300,000 per episode. Yeah, that's about right. Okay, this sounds like super cheap Three's Company slash The Ropers. Because unless, you know, it it gets more money from the network, there's no way NBC is going to funnel, as we said, 52 episodes times 300,000. That would end up being, uh, if I do my math really fast, like, 16 17 million dollars in 1987 money mind you into this product which was a spin-off of a show that really wasn't all that good anyhow yeah and it would be an interesting to throw the characters from too close to comfort in the mix because too close for comfort was also based on a british sitcom but also, we should uh, remember that 1987, since we're talking about Too Close for Comfort slash The Ted Knight Show, this, I believe, would have been the first full year that uh, Jim J. Bullock was a regular on Hollywood Squares. Yes. So he had his commitments already lined up, and he, he was doing pretty good from what I remember uh, on Hollywood Squares. I mean, he, he had a not-so-good time uh, financially uh, afterwards. It was tough for him to get a job, but he, from what I've read and seen, it sounds like he was doing pretty decent financially after, uh, after he was not comfort. hurting. He was not hurting. He was and, doing really, he was doing and, rather well for somebody who was not the center of square. Hey, Jim J. Bullock was in space balls. He was in space balls. He was, uh, he was the prince who was, was very pr- tired. He, yeah, he was the prince who almost married Princess Vespa, but did not because he was very tired. Okay, not to go too far off uh, track here. Jim J. Bullock and Joan Rivers, two Hollywood Squares regulars, were in Spaceballs? Yes. Yeah. Why does that movie not get more acclaim? <laughs> it... it... All you needed was Shadow Stevens doing the announcing over the PA system. There you go. You got like the entire cast of Hollywood Squares on Spaceballs. Hey, they blew all their budget on John Hurt's cameo. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Uh, And also the model of the uh, starship that turns into Mega Maid. Damn it. Now I want to see Spaceballs again. (laughs) Hey, hey, it's getting a 4K release by Kino Lorber. Nice. Like I said, Kino Lorber. They're bringing it. Let's watch some episodes, shall we? Should we? Well, sure, why not? There are only 28 of them. Okay. Okay. Okay, we'll start with season one. Episode one, moving on. Based on the episodes, the same name by Johnny Mortimer and Brian Cook. This episode is sometimes included in a three in three's company syndication as an additional three's company episode helen bug stanley is finally looking for a new house stanley however wants to buy a mobile home why would stanley want a mobile home 
Yeah, I mean, so it, you can I mean, see the country. I don't know how old he was at the time or how old his character was. I, I can was. imagine Stanley Roper deciding, hey, I could get a mobile home, and whatever I don't like my neighbors, I could always pick it up and move somewhere else. By the way, I will never like my neighbors. Valid point. <laughs> right. Okay, episode two, also based on an episode of George and Mildred, The Bad Penny by Johnny Mortimer and Brian Cook, is called... Friends and neighbors. Stanley embarrasses Helen when he locks himself outside of their house in nothing but underwear while she attends a posh party next door. That's what I was waiting for. We had a few guest stars, but I don't think they were in anything. Uh, You know what? Roger Bowen, he was in the MASH movie as uh, Colonel Blake, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, so he's the movie version of McLean Stevenson's character. Yes. That's fantastic. And did yeah. did he die over the Sea of Japan? Oh jeez. Oh boy. There were no survivors. Next episode. <laughs> okay. Thank uh, you. Save us. Episode three, also based off of a George and Mildred episode, Your Money or Your Life. Stanley thinks he's dying when results from his doctor don't come right away. The doctor, played by Hope Clark, who is a a dancer, vocalist, and known as a choreographer in Porgy and Bess. Hmm. Okay. And, And by the way, the first appearance of... Marilyn Graham by Lois Hamilton, Mike. Why do you keep saying my name? Do you think I'm, like, sexually attracted to her? You know more about Lois Hamilton than I do. She was a dealer on Card Sharks. She appeared on, like, two or three weeks of Match Game Hollywood Squares Hour. That's it. That's the list. Okay. All right. Episode four, based on the Dorothy Letters episode, The Doris Letters. Helen thinks Stanley needs help and takes him to a marriage counselor after she finds many love letters from him that turned out were for Doris Day. What? What? I what? Did did Stanley have a thing for Doris Day? I think Stanley had a thing for Doris Day, which is news to me. So. <laughs> There's something. I got nothing. <laughs> the fifth episode was also based on another episode of George and Mildred. The family planning. Stanley gets upset when Helen's mother and sister Ethel visit, and he thinks that her mother has plans to stay with them permanently. You won't believe what happens. <laughs> oh, boy. And, of course, this is the first appearance of Lucille Benson as Mother, and Rob Colpin as Hubert Armbruster, Dina Dietrich as Ethel Armbruster, and Lucy Lee Flippin as Hilda. And the season finale, also based on a, uh episode of George, George and Mildred. Man, what Opera- a coincidence! All the episodes of the first season are based on the British spinoff! Hey, they had to get the material from somewhere. And let's just say this. As a spoiler for later this year, 
we're going to talk about another series that did that, but in reverse. And also another series that did this directly and was either was even shorter lived than the Ropers. Yeah. Okay. Opportunity knocks. Opportunity knocks. Larry Dallas. Hi, Richard Klein. How you doing? Visits and tries to sell them a mobile home. Oh my God! Stanley Roper's mobile home. That's the dream. His dream. What a coincidence! Larry wants to sell them a mobile home, which is what Stanley wants. And Why does this sound like peak Larry? I'm sorry. <laughs> because it probably is. And if it's peak Larry, then you know for sure it's peak Stanley. And by extension, because Jeffrey doesn't like Stanley that much, if at all. Peak Jeffrey. Stanley almost buys the mobile home without telling Helen. Oh. Well. Uh, but of course, that doesn't happen. No, sadly. So we go into season two, which is the first show, which is the first season, A, with episodes that are not based off the British episode, and B, that are airing on a Saturday. Okay, I have a theory. I have a theory really fast. Okay. Okay. Maybe the reason the first season of the Ropers did reasonably well wasn't necessarily because of the time slot. It was because of the British writing. Then when it came over to Americans who were writing it, not just because of the bad time slot or in addition to the bad time slot, the ratings fell and it got canceled. Yeah, It's just a theory. Now, now interestingly enough, because season two does have a George and Mildred episode material, but it's not written by Cook and Mortimer. It's written by somebody who took Cook and Mortimer's original stories and sort of gussied them up for American audiences. Well, Cook at this time may have been uh, uh, working on pre-production for uh, Too Close for Comfort because he did quite a number of episodes for that series. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that was also on ABC, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sort, okay. of a shared, sort of a shared universe there. Hey, a shared universe between the Too Close for Comfort and the Three's Company series. There's something. All right. Uh, Episode anyway. seven, The Party. Uh, the Party. Well, Helen complains about never getting to take a vacation. So to keep her quiet, Stanley prepares a secret disco birthday party with the aid of his former tenants, Jack Tripper, Janet Wood, and Chrissy Snow. The episode is sometimes included in the Three's Company syndication package as Stanley the Ladies' Man. And shock Okay, I have shock. a new theory. Oh, God. I have a new theory. Go on! Episode one was about a disco surprise party, and disco was dying at this point. That's why people didn't watch. Yeah, way to lead with your strike there, ABC. Yeah, yeah Steve Dahl was like, F this, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, didn't he learn anything about disco television with making it? And not making it at the Playboy roller disco and pajama party. We all yeah. remember that. Yeah, that's why Steve Dahl turned his TV off whenever ABC had like, disco. He turns it on, there was the party episode. <laughs> and he was and like, he, he, was like F- he was like, F this, 
I'm staging a, a demonstration at Comiskey Pork. We are making a stand. We are making a stand. <laughs> All right. Episode eight, Days of Beer and Rosie. A man shows up at the condo and introduces himself as Stanley's son from an affair years ago. The Brooks want to send their son, David, to a private school. This episode, based on an episode of the same name by Johnny Mortimer and Brian Cook. The son, Vernon Weddle, played the son, I'm guessing. Either that or Squire Fidel. Yeah, it was probably Vernon. It was probably Vernon Weddle. Yeah. Squire Fidel uh, was born in 1943. He could have been held back a few grades. My, 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 Episode 9, Power Play. Based on The Unkindest Cut of All by Johnny Mortimer and Brian Cook. When the electricity to the Roper's house is cut off, Helen's sister is supposed to come for dinner, and Stanley borrows electricity from the Brooks. Because Stanley is cheap. You didn't notice by now, Stanley's a bit of a skinflint. Yeah, and, and given he's like a superintendent type, he probably has a bunch of extension cords. That sounds like it's an electricity hazard. You shouldn't be plugging those in and doing like a daisy chain of, of extension cords. Especially the late 70s when there's a power crisis. Uh, especially when there's no such thing as a surge protector probably in 1979. I know what type of extension cords we used in 1979. There's no chance in hell I'd use those nowadays. No. No. Nope. Yeah, th- those, are, uh, those are two-pronged. They don't have a grounding plug. They don't. Okay, episode 10. Based on the on the episode of the same name by Johnny Mortimer and Brian Cook, Baby Talk. Stanley fears that Helen will ignore him if they adopt a child. When a social worker says they're too old to adopt, he raises her spirits by giving her a dog. Muffin. Who would give a kid to these two? Somebody who is incredibly desperate. Yeah, instead of being with a sack of oranges like Bing Crosby, he beats the kid over the head with a plunger. Oh my god, Mike! Maybe he just sticks it on his head. Okay, kid, yeah, picks up the, the plunger. Okay, are you going to do this ever again? No, daddy! Alright, and then like whips him off the plunger and it falls to the ground. Oh. Okay, now you know why I'm not a parent. Oh, boy. Episode 11, Two for the Road. Stanley and Jeffrey get drunk and are arrested after both have arguments with their respective spouses. The arresting officer, Officer Hibbs, is played by Dick Christie. A future installment, Ace Crawford, and you, y'all you know him as the dad who invented the small windows. Thank you. I was wondering why you didn't lead off with that. Well, hey, we're going to do Ace Crawford Private Eye next month, silly. But I thought he was better known uh, for small wonder that's why oh yeah well of course he's better known for small wonder yeah because ace crawford private eye was five episodes okay i I thought like ace crawford private eye was five episodes small wonder was five seasons come on okay okay i thought chica was bearing the lead there i was kind of (laughs) sort of yeah you know who else was in that small wonder joe marie peyton france as a as a police officer as a as a meter maid. But anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. Oh, uh, no. No, episode 12. This is heartbreaking. Oh, no. Remember that dog they got a few episodes ago? Yeah. 
Oh no! Episode twelve. Puppy love. Stanley loses their dog and buys another one to try and calm help Helen down. Oh my God, Stanley! Why'd you lose Helen's dog? You just got him two you weeks just ago. Got three weeks ago, you've just had this dog, and now you've already lost him. What are you doing, Stanley? Hey, at least Vinny on Family Guy got four episodes. <laughs> oh my God! Episode thirteen. All Around the Clock. Based on the episode of the same name by Mortimer and Cook, on their 23rd wedding anniversary, Stanley buys a fake antique clock that happens to resemble the Brooks' stolen clock. Helen then tries to sneak into their house to return it. You won't believe what happens. Uh, Yeah. By the way, uh, guest appearance includes Sam McMurray, later of the Tracy Ullman show, and Freaks and Geeks. Yes, as Charles Remington. Yep. Episode 14. Odd Couples. When Stanley accidentally sets his kitchen on fire. Gee, that sounds familiar. Brooks thinks it's from faulty wiring and lets the Roper stay with his family. Well, Stanley, you're losing dogs. You're setting the kitchen on fire. What are you doing? Well, again, he, he tried probably daisy chaining electric cords together to, to, to get that electric uh, when, when he ran out of power. He's not good at keeping his own house, is he? No. And he's a superintendent? He's a superintendent. He's not good at keeping his own house. Mr. Furley could teach this guy a thing or two. Okay, episode 15. Pal Joey. When Stanley gets a new, or so he tells Helen, living room suite from his friend Joey, he finds out that the furniture once belongs to Helen's sister, Ethel. What? Yeah. How is he gonna get out of this one? Well, first off, two episodes ago, they bought a broken... (laughs) The neighbor actually unknowingly bought the neighbor's broken stolen clock. And now they buy furniture that once belonged to his wife's sister. And let's not forget the thing with the dog, Greg. Let's not forget the thing yes. with the dog. Uh, and uh, it should be added that Joey was played by Richard B. Schull, who will appear in the future, in future installment, Holmes and Yo-Yo. He played Holmes. Oh, yeah. And John Shuck played Yo-Yo. John Shuck was a Yo-Yo. Hey, have you? Hey, we seen love John the new Shuck Adven- on these parts. Hey, have you seen the new adventures of Pippi Longstocking? He was a treasure. Oh yeah. No, he's he's a great actor. <laughs> it's just he didn't have the best parts. Turnabout, true. the that new is- monsters or the monsters today. That's true. Yeah. Episode sixteen. Helen makes music. The Brooks and Ropers fight over the commission money Helen gets when she. Sells one of the townhouses to a buyer, so the Brooks decide to buy her an organ. Phrasing. <laughs> I think they mean an actual organ. What? Well, no, what is it with Helen? She wants a new dog. Now she wants Helen's an organ. Bit, it's like Helen's a bit of a naive sort, isn't she? Yeah. I think I, I really think this uh, Cheviot Hills living is getting to her. She some of the the Brookses is sort of rubbing off on her, being a little materialistic, a little hoity-toity, a little upper class. 
Welcome to the 80s, Mike. Welcome to the 80s. Are we even in 1980 yet? No, I don't no, know. Like, Thanksgiving we're 79. 19, yeah. Okay, so yeah, we, we can't say welcome to the 80s yet. We still got a month and a week. Yeah, the Ropers aren't ready for the 80s yet like the village people. Oh, but they will be. Oh, Not man. now, but they will be. Episode 17, The Skeleton. Jeffrey's hobo uncle comes for a visit, especially since a congressman is coming for lunch. And playing Uncle Bill is Barry Nelson, who is best known for tech for being the first actor to ever portray James Bond. He portrayed James Bond in a 1954 TV movie adaptation of Casino Royale. Yeah, and the, th- and the thing of it is... He was played, when it was originally on TV, James Bond was played as an American. Named Jimmy Bond. Oh my gosh. It was crazy! The The 50s were a crazy time! The name's Bond. Jimmy Bond. So, I I guess he likes his martinis stirred, not shaken. Or he could like a core, uh, he could like a Coors banquet. Spoiler alert! If you have if you haven't seen Cobra Kai season three, I haven't even seen season two yet. Believe it or not. Oh wow! And if Barry Nelson's name sounds familiar, he made the game show rounds back in the sixties. Ah. Pa- oh, he's been on a number of password episodes that Buzzer's shown. Oh yeah. To tell the truth, the match game. Uh, I've got a secret personality. So he he was he was a guy of a uh, he, he was, was a more of a sixties thing than he, he was more of a sixties thing than a seventies thing. Yeah, he was a guy that made the rounds. He was a known entity, as we like to say. And next we have the other man on episode eighteen. Helen asks the gardener to pose as her Latin lover Ramon in order to make Stanley jealous. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> By the way, the. Uh, the I believe the uh, gardener is played by Jay Varela, not known for much. And now we have uh, the uh, introduction of Jenny Ballinger as played by Louise slash Stevie Valens. And episode 19, and who's been sleeping in my... The Ropers find out that an 18-year-old girl has been sleeping in their storeroom for weeks. How did they not realize that the girl was sleeping in their storeroom? This, they were too busy buying other people's furniture, buying other people's fake <laughs> antiques, and losing dogs, Greg. They didn't notice there was a girl sleeping in the room? They did not notice there was a girl sleeping in their storeroom because they, they were busy buying stolen furniture... <laughs> Buying stolen antiques, bacon Latin lovers, and... And playing with their new organ. (laughs) Good night, everybody. Phrasing again. Oh, boy. And, of course, this is going... Of course, most of the episodes from here on out start to be a little more Jenny-centric, maybe? Or at least this one does? The episode... 20, Jenny's Date. Stanley pays the Brooks's nephew, Michael, $50 to take Jenny out on a date. 
$50 in 1980 money. $50 in 1980. That's a lot of money in 1980 money. That's a lot of money that Stanley is paying just to take this girl out on a date. Well, and yeah, it is a lot because remember, inflation really wouldn't hit until later in 80 and 81 and 82. Yeah. Not trying to justify spending 50 bucks on a date in, in 1980, but yeah, that's a quite a bit of money. Hey, if I take this money, I might be able to afford that Atari 2600. Or at least yeah. a game for it. Yeah. You can get Frogger now, Greg. Yeah. On the video, the video game. That's the VCS, son. Okay. Episode 21. Based on I Got a Horse by Johnny Mortimer and Brian Cook. Of Mice and Horses. Hey, you know what Mike... Horse. I was going to say, you know what Mike Francesa would call this episode? Of Mice and Horses. Mice and Horses. Nine o'clock, hey. here's the big man. Hey, did you know I met? Did you know I met Secretariat? Yeah, I met Secretariat. Yeah. <laughs> At those attempts to retrieve a valuable horse-shaped case, supposedly from the big dynasty from Helen. Was that was that where they made the chi- ten thousand dollar Chinese fishbowl from high rollers? Oh god. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, horses. Episode 22, Family Feud. The Ropers and the Brookses feud on David and Helen's birthday. And sadly, there's no cameo from Richard Dawson. There's no cameo from... Do you realize the opportunity that was missed? Yeah, you're. it's on the network Family Feud's on. You couldn't even get Richard Dawson for a cameo for an episode titled Family Feud. He would have been too expensive in 1980. Oh, that's true. Mm-hmm. Episode 23, The Other Woman. Wait, was there an episode? No, there was The Other Man, and now there's The Other Woman. Helen is convinced Stanley is having an affair when she sees him give a locket to another woman, played presumably by Lola Mason. This is why they uh, don't notice Jenny living in the storeroom. Oh, yeah. They have, they have their own theories, their own stupid theories on what's yeah. going on, that they're too distracted by everything. Okay, episode 24, Men About the House. Oh, I see what you did there. Oh, yeah, because the original British show's Man About the House of Three's Company. Yeah. After Helen volunteers Stanley to babysit David on poker night, he takes him to the game. Well, that's terrible volunteering. That's also terrible babysitting. It is. But then again, you know what? He's going to learn about poker sometime. Yeah. Especially when Gabe Kaplan hosts poker all the time on ESPN oh, totally. in a couple of years. Yeah, I was going to say, wait about 23 years. You're going to see plenty of poker on TV. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Norm Chad's going to tell you all about how poker works. And Mr. Cutter is going to call the play-by-play. True story. Look it up. <laughs> Episode 25, Old Flames. Stanley is jealous, surprise there, when Helen's old USO boyfriend wants to see her and makes himself a date with an old girlfriend. I'm going to sense a theme here. Yeah. Well, hold on. You totally missed the B plot. What's the B plot? 
Okay. David... Tell me the B-plot. I want to know the B-plot. Oh, okay. I'll hold on a second. David trades Jeffrey's model train set for Stanley's old inner tube. What? So little, da- little David traded his father's model train set for an, for inner, sta- t- for, for an inner tube. What's Stanley going to do? What was on the inner tube? What, what was so special about the inner tube he wanted? It, it I was know old. About this inner tube. It was old. So, uh, in other words, we're not going to see David Brooks on Let's Make a Deal anytime soon. No. Uh, no. Yeah. Would you like to trade the $1,000 for the box? Oh, inside the box is, 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 is Helen Roper's lost puppy dog. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, my God. Oh, no. Episode <laughs> 26. We're, we're, we're almost done, folks. Episode 26, The Rummage Sale. Based on Jumble Pie by Johnny Mortimer and Brian Cook, Stanley's men's magazines were accidentally donated to a church rummage sale. Oh, Jesus. Oh, no. No! <laughs> Spoiler, they're not National Geographics. <laughs> no. They're not? No, those are... Hey, this doesn't look like Architectural Digest to me. No, I'm not going to say it. Okay. <laughs> no. Episode 27. Four-letter word. Good night, everybody. <laughs> uh, based on the episode of the same name by Johnny Mortimer and Brian Cook, when Stanley goes over to his brother-in-law Hubert's office to get a job, he finds two tickets for Hubert and his secretary to Acapulco. Yeah, I got nothing. Yeah, same here. And finally, episode 28, Mother's Wake. Helen's mother holds a wake for herself at the Roper's house to discuss her will complete with presents. What? Really? Who holds a wake for yourself while still alive? Uh, well, mother, remember, apparently, because that's exactly what happened. Well, let's remember, was it Groucho Marx or W.C. Fields or somebody wanted to see their obituary before they died? One, one of those old-time comedians wanted to do that. I'm just saying. I'm just uh, giving you an example. Okay. That's the show. Bye. No. That's the show. But you're probably wondering, well, where are all these episodes now? They did, in the early 80s, syndicate this show as part of a sort of a part of a Three's Company package, although it was syndicated as Three's Company's Friends, The Ropers. Because yeah. it was a common it was a common practice back then to uh, syndicate under a different title. Yeah, because Happy Days reruns when they were in syndication were under the title Happy Days Again. Yeah, Happy Days was Happy Days Again. Chips Chips was Chips Patrol, and the Ropers were Freeze Company's Threads. The Ropers. Thank God they don't do that anymore. That would be confusing. It would be confusing. Antenna TV also aired a cycle before canceling it. And then it returned later uh, in 2011 to air for another cycle as part of the Three's Company cycle. Yeah, so what they would do is when uh, Three's Company got to 1979, 1980, once the, well, more 79 for obvious reasons. Once the Ropers left, they then like interrupted the uh, Three's Company series 
and showed the entirety of the Ropers for 14 days or, or probably three weeks. I think it was only on weeknights. So yeah, they would actually stop Three's Company when the Ropers leave, show the entire series of the Ropers, and then once they left... We go to Mr. Uh, Furley. Yeah, well, the thing is, uh, they must have actually like shown in unison Three's Company and the Ropers because that would be kind of weird to go back and, and then pick up with, with Mr. Furley like you're talking about. But it's possible. But yeah, they did air it a couple of times in, in 2011. And I remember, Mike, at this time, you were very pumped when the Ropers was on the schedule back in 2011. Because I had never seen it. Oh, I was really pumped. Yes. And it, and it was everything you hoped for. If you want to say it that way. Now, let's get one thing clear. I want to point out, okay? Okay. In July of 2002, TV Guide named the Ropers the 49th worst TV series of all time. And I'm going to say this. There is no way that this show is the 49th worst show of all time. Okay. Is it, is it, is it great? No. Is it terrible? No. There's no. no way that this show you know, you know is what's on, worse? should be on a list of the worst TV shows of all time. It's you know only what's worse? on the list of the worst TV shows of all time because it's a spinoff of Three's Company that ran for two seasons. That's the only reason why it's on the list of the worst TV shows of all time. He's not wrong. And I guarantee you the people that made the list never actually watched the show. They just remember it from like the 79 and 80 and they assume it was two seasons. It must have sucked. Fair. We'll put it on the list of the worst TV shows of all time. No, you know what's worse than this show? Do you know what's worse than this show? What's worse than this show? Three's a crowd is worse than this show. Not the cool game show with uh, that guy with the hair. Or or the <laughs> remake with Alan Thicke. No, Three's a crowd with John Ritter, Mary Cataret, and Robert Nemanden. That's worse than this show. Oh, yeah, I, I definitely I was really agree. hoping you were going to say Carter Country. Well, I'm not uh, wrong, though. You're not wrong. <laughs> you're you're not wrong, though. No. I'm sure that we could come up with a list of 49 shows uh, that are worse than than the Ropers, and we probably covered all 49 of them the first year plus we've uh, been doing this. Oh yeah, uh, I was taking a look inside Greg's mind. You know what his mind has? What? Whitney, Whitney, 48 episodes of Whitney. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Well, this was 2002. They didn't know how bad Whitney would be. They didn't know there would be a show that so... Hey, if they redid this list now, if that was... If Whitney is not among the five worst shows of all time... I'm going to tell you right go now... Go to hell. I'm going to tell you right now one of the worst shows that would have been on that list if they did it in 2021. What? Actually, I can't because we're going to cover it later this year. Oh, okay. No spoilers. No. Hey, this is a spoiler-free zone. Yeah. But it's not an eBay-free zone, I'm afraid. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Oh. New Year, same music. Hit it. Mm.
I know you heard uh, Chico's voice saying, hey, we're going to play eBay Prices Right. He didn't really have an item all planned. And I did because I was looking ahead of time and I even declared myself ineligible. And then Chico said, you know what? I don't have an item up. If you've got one, it's yours. So guess what? You are bidding on a first season promotional still photo from the Ropers. It is a buy it now situation. Not, and it, it's still available for purchase. It's, it's, uh, it's still for sale. Okay. Uh, it, it's 11 by 14. That seems kind of big for this picture, but they, they have a ruler there. And uh, uh, I'm going to assume that's uh, 11 by 14. I can't really see it. Uh, it says 11 by 14 in the description, but I'm sorry. It looks like a, a, an 8 by 10 to me. So use your, your best judgment uh, when you bid on this. I mean, they've got a ruler uh, measuring the, the photo, and it measures to 20, and I'm going to assume that's they're in half-inch increments for some reason. So I'm going to assume that's 10 across and, and 8 uh, uh, down. And it's actually a picture of Audra Lindley feeding Norman Fell grapes, and Norman Fell is sort of giving uh, the camera his uh, his smug little mug like he, uh, he sometimes did. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah, he's sort of mugging for the camera. And I'm going to start with uh, Chico, because I think Chico won last time. Buy it now. It's it, it's still available for purchase. How much are you paying for this? Okay, I have a question. Is Norman Fell holding the plunger? No, he's not. His hands are behind his head. He looks like he's lying on some sort of a pillow. Nine ninety nine. Okay, Greg. Ten ninety nine. Now I'm just curious. If I said there was a plunger in the picture, would you have bid more? Yes. Okay. Uh, so we had nine ninety nine and ten ninety nine. Guys, if you want this. Break open the wallet. You're gonna have to pay thirty dollars. Yeah, it does. It's not. It's like it's not worth much. He's not even holding his plunger. No, he's not holding the plunger. That's like saying, "Well, here's a picture of Babe Ruth, but he's not holding a baseball bat." Or here's a picture of uh, Leonardo from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but he's not holding his sword. Or here's he could a be picture- holding a pizza. He could be holding a pizza. Or here, or here's a picture of Bob Barker, but he's not holding that skinny-ass microphone of his. <laughs> no, here's a picture of Bob Barker, and he's not holding one of the models. Oh, sorry. Oh! Oh, Christ. We're gonna get letters! Here's a picture of Bob Barker, and he's not fondling a contestant. Oh, no. We're gonna get Hey, letters. I'm just saying, watch the reruns of, uh, of Prices Right with Bob Barker. And watch how he invites the women to, to dive into that $100 pocket of his. Oh, you couldn't pull that crap nowadays. Oh, no. But 1982, that's... friggin' pimp Barkers, go on in, girls. Dig <laughs> into the pocket and that... feel around. There might be more than a $100 bill down there. Good night, everybody. That, that's the subject of SNL skits today. <laughs> <laughs> Game show in like, reach in, Come on, don't you want to reach into my pocket? No, that seems kind of scuzzy. 
There's oh, a little hole in my pocket. You can go all the way down to my pants. I why 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 did Louis Anderson just show up, Mike? <laughs> Put your hand in my pants and feel down there, girl. Oh Jesus! On that disappointment, I'll just say the Ropers. It wasn't that bad of a thing on TV, was it? Hey, that it's was. it's not the 49th worst TV show of all time. TV Guide. Yeah, that would be the 49th episode of Whitney. Oh, sorry. We may have to pull up that list and see what uh, other shows are on it. Yeah. I know Springer was number one. Oh, Oh, that's terrible. That's a terrible judgment. That's a lazy list. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, it's TV Guide. It's it's TV Guide in 2002. Of course, they TV Guide in 2002. They were going weekly and they were getting kind of. They were getting kind of the, they're getting out of the localized, uh, localized business. So. Yeah. But we're not getting out of the localized business just yet. You can hear all of our episodes on it was a thing on TV.com. We're talking about uh, full episodes, mini shows, live shows, and you can download them wherever fine podcasts are streamed. And don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. And if you're listening to us on YouTube, don't forget to ring my bell. bell. You hurt the man. I couldn't hit that high note, but that's whatever. Not not everybody can hit the high note. That's okay. Oh, but but next episode. Well, as we said in the last episode, this was not planned to be timely when we scheduled it for this week, when I had to reschedule it uh, two months ago. But this is sort of timely, but not really, if that makes sense. It'll make sense once you hear it. Yeah. But until then, we thank you. We wish you a very happy new year. And we invite you to join us next time for another thing on TV. Wow! We were just at work and it was so boring and humdrum. 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 Tori said we should get fresh. It was Frat Friday, which is a Friday when you get fresh. Frat Friday. Frat Friday. Hang on, let's have a drink. Ow! My bottom!